Today, we're in part five of this new series coming from the very last book of the Bible. And as many of you know, we've been focusing in this series on the words that Jesus spoke to the seven churches mentioned in the book of Revelation. Well, today I want to talk with you about what Jesus said to a church called Sardis, S-A-R-D-I-S, the church in Sardis. And I want to talk with you about what Jesus says to do when you are sitting still, like they were, maybe even dead still, like they were, going nowhere in your spiritual life. If you are sitting still in your spiritual life, Jesus has some things to say to your heart this morning. Because if that's true, or when that's true about your spiritual life, you're just sitting still. You're not growing. You're not changing. If that's true, you are in danger. You are in a very dangerous place. Let's look at what Jesus says to the church at Sardis. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God, talking about Jesus, and the seven stars. And Jesus says this, church, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, Be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. So whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I read those words and I go, man. (laughs) Those are some tough words for Jesus to speak to his church family. Now imagine the church family at Sardis getting this letter, all sitting down together to listen to it, and suddenly they hear the one that they've given their lives to, Jesus, the one that they now serve, Jesus, and they hear them, him saying to them, I know your deeds, you have a reputation of being alive, but you instead are dead. Wake up. Everybody say, wow, with me. (laughs) Wow. Heavy words from our Lord. Listen, if you were doing some good things for Jesus, but you're still participating in sinful activities, Jesus is saying, it's time to wake up. If you're going through some spiritual routines, you're going to church, you're, you're reading the word once in a while, but if you're not becoming more like Jesus, it's time To wake up. It's time to wake up and surrender fully to Jesus and fully follow his example. You see, the church family at Sardis had fallen asleep. 
Spiritually, they had fallen asleep. Now, they were still doing a lot of good things in the name of Jesus. But it was like they were doing them in their sleep. Like they were sleepwalking and doing stuff. They were not fully awake in the presence of God. Or fully awake to the things that God was wanting to do in them and through them. And we've all been like that with our family, right? We just kind of go through the routines. We're not fully present. And my kids and Shirley say, Earth to Larry, Earth to Larry. And so we're kind of going through the routines, but we're not fully present. And that's the way the church at Sardis was with God. Going through the spiritual motions, but not really present with God. So here in chapter 3 of Revelation, Jesus tells this church family how to bring their dead faith back to life. And he gives them three things that they can do to wake up and to bring back their walk with God. Write this down. First, bringing your faith back requires seeing the gaps in your life. Seeing the gaps in your life. You and I need to take an honest look at our lives and ask this question. Is there a gap between my reputation and reality? Is there a gap in my life? Sometimes we grow and and we serve and we earn a reputation, but then we fall back. We fall back, and that leaves a gap between where we used to be with Jesus and where we really are. A difference. A gap. And so Jesus is saying to this church family in Sardis, I see and I know the difference between your reputation and the reality of where you are with me. I see it. I know it. I know the difference between the good buzz that's out there about you and your reputation that you have in the community. All the good things that you do. But I know the reality about you. You see, reputation is what everybody thinks you are. And they may think that you're awesome. But are you? Are you all that awesome with God? Is your faith in Jesus and your daily walk with Jesus as awesome as people think? I mean, are you truly following Jesus? Is your life all that it should be with Jesus? You know, many of us would have to say no. It's not so awesome. My spiritual life has kind of stalled out. It's kind of dead. Many would have to say, in reality, I'm not following Jesus. I'm not serving Jesus in any way. I'm not sacrificing anything for Jesus. People think that I am. That's my reputation, but I'm not. So listen, to bring a dead faith back to life, you've got to deal with this gap between reputation and reality. This gap in here. Next, to bring faith back to life, look at the gap between what you say and what you do. You say that you're a Christ follower, but in what ways are you actually following his example day after day? Would anybody know that you're a follower of Christ by the way you live, 
In what ways are you being his disciple, his student that imitates him each day? How big is that gap between what you say and what you do? Are you striving to make his thoughts your thoughts? His words your words? His purity your purity? His love your love? His kind of compassion your compassion? His grace your grace? Are you striving to make his forgiveness your forgiveness? Are you striving to trust the Father like he trusts the Father? You see, to bring a dead faith back to life, you've got to deal with the gaps between what you say and what you do. Next, look at the gap between what you value and how you act. Man, this is a tough one. <laughs> you may say, I value my family, but you spend very little time with them. You may say, I value using my gifts to serve others. <laughs> I'd love to use my gifts to serve others. But then you seldom do. You may say, I, I value living a life of integrity. I love people who have integrity. But then you constantly are cutting the corners. You may say, I, I value purity, but then you fill your mind and your heart with filth. To bring a dead faith back to life, you've got to deal with the gaps between what you value and how you act. Next, look at the gap between where you were and where you are. You know, when most of us received Christ into our lives, Man, we started seeking God diligently. We were in Bible studies. We were praying constantly. Worship. We were never missed worship. We were finding ways to serve Him. And, and we began to grow by leaps and bounds. And our lives turned around. And we were filled with joy unspeakable. It was, it was awesome. It was fresh. It was growing. It was vital. But then many of us slowly backed off. And maybe today, you are no longer where you once were with Jesus. You're no longer seeking Him like you used to. You're no longer growing to be more like Him. You're no longer taking new steps of faith when it comes to serving or giving or sharing Him with others. Instead, your life now is all about you and your daily stuff instead of seeking and serving Him. To bring dead faith back to life, you've got to deal with the gaps between where you were and where you are. So folks, to bring your faith back to life requires seeing those gaps, the reality of who you are and, and where you are. You've got to see them and honestly say, yes, I've got a big gap that I need to deal with. Second, write this down. And then, to bring that dead faith back to life, you've got to start closing the gaps in your life. You take an honest look at them, and then you do something to close them so that there is no difference between your reputation and your reality. They are like this now. Your reputation and reality are one. 
Jesus tells this church family how to do that. He says, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have your reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up. And then he says, this is how you do this. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you've received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. How do you bring your dead faith back to life? First of all, close gaps by waking up from spiritual sleepiness. Instead of continuing to stay in the very same place that you are today, possibly a place of spiritual sleepiness, spiritual drowsiness, Jesus says, you want your faith to come back alive and be super awesome again? Wake up and become alert. And why do we need to do that? Because the Bible says this. Look at this. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The goal of the devil is to get you to go to sleep spiritually. That's his goal. His goal is not to get you to stop believing in Jesus, but to get you to go to sleep and stop seeking and serving him. His goal is to not get you to stop believing, but to move you from a state of being alert to the things of God to a state of slumber. His goal is to get you to a place where you are so spiritually weak that he can sneak up on you and conquer you. Just like the city of Sardis was conquered by its enemies. Now, the city of Sardis was conquered twice just because of their sleepiness and lack of alertness. They came under danger because of their lack of alertness. You see, Sardis was a city that was built on a plain, 1,500, I mean, on a plateau, 1,500 feet above the plains, sat way up high on a plateau. And yet, the people, because there was only one road leading into this city because they could see any enemy who was approaching their city. They would just guard the gates. And if they guarded the gates and there was only one way in, then they just said, we've got our act covered. The city in many ways was easy to guard. So those guarding the gates would just look at the road and nobody on the road, they all felt safe. And yet both the Persians and the Greeks easily conquered Sardis simply by having their soldiers scale the cliffs at night when all but those guarding the gates were asleep. So when Jesus says to the church family in Sardis, wake up, they understood what he meant. They understood that if you're not awake, you're vulnerable to attack. They understood that if you're overconfident, you're in danger. So this church had fallen asleep spiritually. And I mean, it is so easy for Christians and church families in America today to fall asleep. We're, we're not persecuted like Christians in other nations. We've had so many years of feeling safe in our faith, being able to talk about our faith, because we haven't been persecuted like people in other countries who are serving Jesus. And yet this past year, one of our friend's pastors in another country was jailed for simply speaking the name of Jesus. This past week, a man tried to run over with a tractor another one of our friend's pastors in another country for simply trying to share his faith 
about Jesus. We need to wake up. You see, our enemy is scaling up his attacks. And we may feel safe because we live in America, but he is scaling up the cliffs. And the frequency of his attacks and the the greatness of his attacks are only going to increase. It is no longer popular today in America to hold fast to biblical teachings. It's no longer popular in America to be a Christian. It is no longer popular to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Close the gaps by waking up. We've got to do that. Then write this down. Close the gaps by strengthening what remains. What remains today in your spiritual life? What is still alive in your spiritual life? I mean, if you're sleepy spiritually, and if you're weak spiritually, what do you do? Well, Jesus says this, Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Jesus is saying, your work that he created you to do, the deeds that he created you to do, they're not yet finished. He's saying to every one of you, I'm not done with you. The purpose and the plan that I had for you when I, when I gave you life, they're not, I'm not done with you. You're not finished. And yet, what do you do when you're so weak spiritually that you don't feel able to do what he's asking you to do? You find the one thing that still remains, the one thing that's still alive in your heart, And that is the thing that you focus on making stronger. Get this. Maybe the thing that still remains is the desire to serve others less fortunate than you. To maybe serve on a mission team. You still love to help others. And if that spiritual desire is still alive in you, sign up for the next serving team. Sign up for the next event. Sign up for the next ministry and strengthen that area. Because when you do that, the other areas of your spiritual life begin to come back to life as well. Maybe the thing, the only thing that remains is a love for worshiping God through music. If that's true, make sure that you come to church on time. Amen? (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) You come to church on time and you worship with your whole being and you worship with your whole heart. Make sure that you don't miss the nights of worship. Make sure to to switch your radio in your car from country music on the highway to the Christian music on the message channel. Make sure that when you go jogging and you work out and you, you put those earphones in your ears that you switch from Pandora and listen to Christian music that helps you adore the Lord. Strengthen what remains. Strengthen your worship. Strengthen your serving. And when you do that, your spiritual life will begin to come back to life. Next, close gaps by remembering what you've heard. Remember what you've already heard. Remember what you already know. You see, God's word must be a part of closing the gaps in your life. You must, again, start picking up the Bible and reading it. You've got to start picking it up and reading it again and remembering again what you've already heard, but maybe you're not obeying, maybe you're not living. Read, remember what you've heard, and then repent. 
in those areas where you find a gap between what you really believe and how you're really living, repent for those things. Turn away from that sin. And instead, turn toward Jesus and follow him. See, the Bible says this in the Old Testament. Let us test and examine our ways. Let us turn again in repentance to the Lord. Bringing your faith back to life requires seeing the gaps in your life and then doing something to close those gaps in your life. And then last this morning, it requires overcoming the gaps in your life. Truly, fully overcoming the gaps. You see, it's one thing to see the gaps and take action to close those gaps, but the one who actually overcomes the gaps, to them, Jesus, makes some awesome promises. Awesome promises. The one who is victorious or the one who overcomes, which is the most literal translation of verse 5, Jesus promises several things. So what are the two things that you must do to actually overcome the gaps, to get victory, to bring dead faith back to life? Write this down. First of all, overcome the gaps by trusting God's promises to make you an overcomer. You see, he promises to make you an overcomer. Jesus says to the church at Sardis, you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled the clothes. They've, they've stayed true to me, he's saying. They follow me. He says, they will walk with me Dressed in white, for they are worthy. And then he switches and he talks about all the rest of us. The one who is victorious or the one who overcomes will, like them who have not soiled their clothes, be also dressed in white. And I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life. But I instead will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Listen close. Jesus knows it's possible for you to overcome. Jesus will empower and enable you to overcome whatever gap you're dealing with. Jesus is showing you right up front then what he will do for you when you overcome. He will dress you in white. And he says, you will be allowed to walk with me and talk with me. And I will never blot your name out of the book of life. You'll be with me for all eternity. And I'll walk you right up to God the Father and say, this person is with me. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Isn't that exciting? That is what he promises to you. But look at this. He also promises to him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. Then he promises, he who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. There's the first birth, born in the flesh. There's a second birth, you're born of God, you come to become a Christian. There's a first death, first death you die physically. There's a second death, you could die spiritually, but he says you're not going to be hurt by that second death. You're going to be with me. Amen? What a promise. Then he promises to him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. We're going to get to rule with Jesus. Can you imagine that? So how do you become an overcomer? Well, first of all, we start by being born of God, by becoming a Christian. And then we learn to overcome more and more things in this world. More and more sinful temptations. The more we close the gaps between our reputation and our reality as we truly follow the example of Jesus day after day after day. Amen? That's how we become overcomers. And Jesus says, everyone born of God overcomes the world. 
This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you're a child of God, if you've been born of God, the Bible says you are an overcomer. Because his spirit dwells within you, you have the power to overcome any gap that you face. He will enable you. Then, overcome the gaps once and for all by initiating a process to overcome. Initiating a process. Let that word initiate ring in your mind, sit in your mind for just a minute. Overcome the gaps by initiating a process to overcome. You see, today you've got a choice. You can let your faith sit right where it is. You can be satisfied, content, right where it is. You can do nothing to overcome the gaps between your reputation and reality. Or you can initiate a process to close and overcome the gaps. You can wake up and face the challenge of overcoming your gaps. You can decide that no matter how great the pain, that you will do what it takes to overcome. Many of you know this. Over the past 25 years, I've been in this position many times. <laughs> love, to, love to slalom ski. Been in that position many times, just sitting in the water, facing a challenge, and facing a choice. The challenge is to overcome the gap between just sitting in the water and skiing on the water. And there's a gap in there. There's a challenge in there. And I've got a choice. Now, just sitting in the water is way safe. <laughs> no challenge. Doesn't take any energy. It's not painful. Because I'm just staying where I am. Just kind of dead in the water. But I will never enjoy skiing unless I decide to go for it and overcome the gap. Now, I, I can have the right equipment. I can get in the right position. I, I can have all the power needed to get me up out of the water. But unless I decide to initiate the process, unless I decide to say to the driver of the boat, hit it, I will just stay right where I am. The question is, how many of you are right where you've been for a very long time spiritually? Haven't been growing. You're just kind of sitting in the same old place. How many of you are living with a dead faith? But listen, when I initiate the process by saying, hit it, overcoming is possible. Initiating the process along with the power of God's Spirit, makes it possible to overcome the challenge of the gap. And folks, when you overcome, that's when the joy comes. Amen? When you overcome the gap, you overcome the challenge, that's when the joy comes. The joy of your salvation returns. The joy unspeakable comes as you enjoy the ride of your Christian life. The struggles lessen 
Because you have learned how to overcome. Bringing your faith back to life requires, first of all, just seeing the gaps between reputation and reality. And then closing those gaps, but then truly overcoming fully those gaps in your life by initiating a process to overcome. Folks, you don't have to stay where you are spiritually. If you have a a dead faith this morning, you can bring it back to life. And if you'll just initiate the process to overcome, then we have Jesus who says, I'll keep all of my promises to you. Every single one. I'll dress you in white. I'll let you walk with me. I'll let you help me rule of the nations, eat from the tree of life. Wow. Listen to all of this. I'll never blot your name out of the book of life. He makes all of those promises and he'll keep every single one. This morning, are you ready to move to a greater faith with Jesus Christ? Not a dead faith, not a sleepy faith, but a faith that's alive and vital and new and growing. That can happen if you'll deal with the gaps. Would you stand with me? And would you bow your heads for prayer? I'm going to ask the worship team to come this morning as we pray. And with your heads bowed, just listen to this. Today, if you want to initiate the process to overcome I'm going to ask you to demonstrate that to Jesus. To demonstrate that you are not content to stay where you are. And to demonstrate that, I'm going to ask you to step out into the aisle and to come to this altar. You can kneel, you can stand. I'm going to ask you this morning to decide to go for it spiritually. To really go for it once again. In other words, God say, You're saying to God, hit it. I'm ready to go. I'm going to ask that you come here to repent and turn away from any sinful gap in your life. I'm going to ask you to come here to return fully to Jesus. As we head into this fall, that you say, I'm going to come and return fully to Jesus. Surrender my all. I've done it before, Pastor, but I've blown it. There's a gap in my life. I'm going to ask you to come Return fully to Him. Repent of any gap. And He will meet you here. And He will forgive you. And you can start fresh. So as the music continues to play, if God's been speaking to your heart about some gap, would you just come stand right here at the altar? And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Let's be faithful.
take a moment to uh, just give your gap to the Lord. Let him know that you're willing right here now to repent of that gap. Ask for his forgiveness. And I'm going to ask that you repeat this prayer after me, whether you're at the altar or if you want to, if you're still in your seats. Repeat this prayer after me, but this morning, let's, let's do it out loud. Let's take a greater step of faith than we maybe normally do. And let's just pray this out loud. Repeat after me. Lord, I've allowed a gap to develop between my spiritual reputation and reality. Today I repent and turn away from all my sins. Forgive me. By faith I accept your gift of forgiveness. And I fully surrender to your plan for my life. From this point on, I will follow your example each day. And I will look forward to walking with you for eternity. And best that I know how, I will overcome and live for you. Dear Heavenly Father, so often your spirit convicts us of things that we've allowed into our lives that are wrong, that are sinful. And so often we ask for forgiveness. But today, Lord, you're asking us to initiate a process to overcome those things and never go back. But to instead follow your example. And so, Lord, I'd ask for each one of these that came forward. And I would ask for all of us in this room today to initiate a new process of overcoming where we say, Lord, hit it. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's change this so that my reputation and my reality are the same. They're one, and they please you. Lord, we're coming back. We're coming back fully to you right here, right now. And all of God's people said, amen, amen.